Welcome to Sidebar, the bite-sized episodes of Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. I'm Laura Temi, and I'm joined by Vedaki Mehta. Hey there. Hello, and we also have Joe Fabush with us today. Hey, everybody. We're back with our first Sidebar of the year. I'm very excited because I'm, I feel like I'm finally getting my wish of sneaking true crime into this podcast as much as I possibly can. Oh, come on. <laughs> we already do enough of that. I what know. we don't do enough is, uh, this is the only way I learn what the kids are doing on the TikToks. Oh, on the TikToks. On, yeah, yeah, on the Snap tweets and the chats and the... The what now? I don't what know. What is TikTok? Point is, I don't think any of us really use social media that much. And it <laughs> is not on, always on our radar until stuff like this happens. I never thought that I was going to fall into a TikTok rabbit hole on the <laughs> clock, but I did <laughs> um, this week. The background story of... What I'm going to talk about today is the the University of Idaho murders that took place in November. Four students at the University of Idaho were murdered in a house across the street from campus. Three of the victims lived in a house with two other roommates who seemingly slept through the attack and were unharmed. And the fourth victim did not live at the house, but was dating one of the others. And it I'm not going to really get into the like the details of the crime because no matter how hard I try, we're not a true crime podcast. Um, <laughs> but it does sound horrific. So it I is, it's a that. very, it's a, it's a heartbreaking story. I mean, these, these four people were, were all 20 and 21 years old and were brutally killed. But what, what I wanted to talk about today is this legal issue that has come up that I think will be relevant to a lot of people, especially those who are on social media, especially on TikTok. So about a week after these students were killed, a woman named Ashley Gillard began posting videos on TikTok with her theories of the case. Now, Gillard, as I've learned this week, is a tarot card reader and a self-described psychic who says her readings and intuition made her certain that a University of Idaho professor named Rebecca Schofield was involved in the murders. And unsurprisingly, she now faces a defamation lawsuit from Professor Schofield. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to provide some tips on how to talk about ongoing criminal cases on social media without getting sued. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this is kind of reminiscent of Viola Davis's "How to Get Away with Murder," but in a very <laughs> twisted way. I guess, yeah. I'm I'm trying to <sighs> I'm trying to show you how to talk about true crime without yeah. getting sued. <laughs> this this one goes out to all our fellow podcasters and uh, social media influencers. <laughs> <laughs> listen up, folks. Yeah, I don't have Andy here to give me up, <laughs> folks, but listen up. Okay, so here we go. Tip number one, be cautious with your language. And I'm not talking about swears here. Cuss as much as you want. I support it. I, you know, I, I wish <laughs> I could. Not on this podcast. I know. I wish I you could cuss more on this show, but I can't. Not this podcast, but. <laughs> <laughs> because it's part of my job, I cannot. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is when we're talking about ongoing criminal investigations, we have to be really careful about making definitive statements because accusing someone of a crime falls under defamation per se, which is a legal standard that makes it easier for a defamation plaintiff to prove their claim. Uh, essentially, instead of determining whether the other person's false statement caused uh, like an actual quantifiable harm, the court just assumes the injury part if it's a, an accusation of criminal activity. We assume that being accused of a crime is going to hurt someone's reputation. And so... Ashley Gillard's videos are a very good example of what kind of language not to use. Ugh. I mean, she straight up refers to this professor as the person responsible for the University of Idaho murders, calling her the co-killer and the one who ordered the execution. 
And in one video, she even goes as far as to say, these statements are not my opinion. You know, she says these are facts that she has gleaned through her psychic gifts. Yeah, so so saying that something is a fact, that's really not gonna, it's not gonna save you even if no one believes that you're a psychic, right? Even if, cause mm -hmm. you believe that you're a psychic allegedly. So that doesn't, that's not enough to distinguish it from, from being- Clearly your opinion, your opinion. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are a couple interesting things going on here. I mean, first of all, if, if you're gonna discuss an ongoing case, you wanna stick with things like, this evidence doesn't look good for Joe Fawbush, or, you know, you wanna <laughs> say now. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to say things like probably or allegedly, because in some instances, even saying, in my opinion, isn't enough to protect you from a defamation lawsuit because genuine opinions are statements that can't be verified as either true or false. So like if Joe says, in my opinion, Laura's haircut is stupid, he would be wrong, <laughs> but I can't sue him for defamation because that's a subjective statement. I would never say that. Thank you. <laughs> Although I'm tempted after you accused me of some kind of vague crime. So yeah, maybe you deserve it. I don't know. Now, if Psychic Ashley on TikTok, if she can, you know, if it was the case that like everybody understood her TikTok channel to be mm -hmm. like a whole big joke and no one actually thought she was a psychic and she wasn't a psychic, she was, it was like all yeah. for, for funsies that would possibly help her get out of this defamation case. Right. Yeah. It, it does matter how these things are perceived. And actually, I know Joe wrote about something similar about a, a rather famous commentator who was able oh. to successfully get out of a defamation case because he convinced a court that no one believes a word out of his mouth. So Joe, do you want to talk about Tucker Carlson for a minute? Yeah, I, I wrote this blog like two <laughs> years ago and I still get comments about it, uh, you know, both, both <laughs> positive and against it. Like it's still shared. Any Basically anytime Tucker Carlson is in the news, like it pops up. Like, you know, Tucker Carlson is a liar, right? <laughs> As a matter of law, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, basically he, he got in trouble. Um, well, he didn't get in trouble. He got sued because he said that Karen McDougal did something that sounds a lot like extortion. And Karen McDougal was the uh, woman who accused then-President Trump paying $175,000 to cover up an affair. Um, and so Tucker Carlson shortly after said, well, this sounds like extortion, or words to that effect. Karen McDougal sued, and the judge ultimately just dismissed the case on summary judgment because, in her words... He did a lot of bloviating for his audience. AKA BSing. Yeah. Um, and so basically she was like, you know, nobody really thinks this is news. So, you know, he's fine. Like, it's just an opinion. And he said, sounds like. And like, yeah. You know, and, and so that's basically how he was able to avoid having the lawsuit move forward. So Fox News argued, like, this isn't a news program. This is an entertainment show. Mm -hmm. And it does matter that who you're who you're talking about and how famous they are in the sense that are they a public figure or not because there's a lower standard if you're talking about a celebrity or a politician or someone who's really well known as opposed to maybe Ashley from TikTok's professor wouldn't be considered a public mm -hmm, figure exactly. so much. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's definitely something that will probably go against her in this case. I think that what what Joe is talking about could be something that it well, here's the thing. If she decides to hire an attorney, which based on her videos, it sounds like she will not. For her sake, I hope she does. <laughs> but if she does hire an attorney, more than likely that attorney is going to argue that people on her page 
are coming to her knowing that she's not really a psychic or, or whatever, and that they're not, not taking what she says seriously. Will that be successful? I don't know. But it is interesting because, yeah, she, she certainly has not helped herself by stating all of these things as facts. It just, uh, this is not the way, my friends. <laughs> like, it's just, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, there are some pretty easy ways to get around it, right? I think you already mentioned the allegedly and the accused. Um, you can't just say, like, this professor is guilty right. of a crime. You can say mm-hmm. they've been accused. Mm-hmm. People are sane. You know, I've heard I've heard people say that she's a prime suspect. I have a bad feeling. Well, yeah, because even even if like if Joe said, in my opinion, Laura is a serial killer, saying in my opinion doesn't get you out of it because that statement implies that you have information leading you to believe that I am a serial killer. <laughs> it's it's very you have to be really really careful. Yeah, if I said like they're oh, but you know, I just I get a weird feeling about Laura. I feel like Laura's kind of a creeper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's that. I can't sue you. That That brings me to my second tip, which is don't ignore litigation threats. So I guess just, just to get this out of the way, don't come at me about the first amendment. Yes. The first amendment exists. It's great. We love it. But as we've talked about before on this show, freedom of speech is not absolute. And Mm -hmm. if someone sends you a cease and desist letter related to something you said online, you should take it seriously. I mean, don't panic. Like, sometimes they're just a scare tactic, especially when it's talking about copyright infringement or something like that. But with defamation, and especially defamation related to true crime, this is not the time to double down, which is exactly what Ashley Gillard did. (laughs) This professor's attorney sent her two different cease and desist letters before filing the defamation lawsuit in December, and she went right on posting TikToks about the case, maintaining her statements that that this professor was the orchestrator of the murders. And so now this has escalated to an actual lawsuit. Which which is funny because she's getting probably tons more, like her professor is probably helping her at the moment getting a ton more views. Oh, absolutely. By posting videos about the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's actually something that, that is discussed in the complaint that the professor filed was that this person, you know, that this person is is capitalizing on a, you know, this horrific tragedy that happened on campus and and then throwing this other person under the bus based on, you know, based on basically nothing. And she's going to have a hard time arguing this in court. There there was a video that she posted after the defamation suit was filed where she said she was gleaming with excitement about taking these issues to court and that she looks forward to presenting her ideas about the case. But that's not really how this works. <laughs> if you listen to our other episodes about defamation or if you watch the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard fiasco, the truth is a defense to defamation. So Gillard is right that she has an opportunity to prove the truth of her statements, but the burden is on her to prove it, not on Schofield to prove her innocence. What would happen if in some crazy world this professor was tried and convicted of this murder? Would that mm-hmm. be enough to like maybe retroactively relieve uh, Ashley from defamation? <sighs> Let's assume that Ashley is going based on no truth, right? Mm-hmm. But it was just a f- fun coincidence for her that this professor happened to do it, but she was yeah. acting based on nothing. Yeah, I think there are. I, I would have to. I'd have to look it up, but I think there are defamation cases where it, there's this like substantial truth thing mm. where you know someone 
someone says something that even if parts of it are untrue, but parts of it are true, it's okay if they didn't know the difference. As far as retroactively, I don't, right. I don't know how I don't know how the heck that would work. I I can throw in a Seinfeld quote real quick. There you go. <laughs> you remember the the famous George Costanza line that Andy has already quoted. It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> that does not work for defamation. That's not no, how defamation doesn't. works. You can't just say, "Oh, I nope. I was convinced because I'm a psychic." Like, I believed, and this. yeah, right. no, that's that's not going to cut it. That doesn't work. Yeah, because that kind of implicates this actual malice standard too, which I should clarify isn't at play in Ashley's case because right. her professor is maybe not a public figure, but. Actual malice is not required for private figures like this professor, right? But in the Tucker Carlson case, he was talking about a politician who was a public figure and where there is a heightened standard for public figures that you also have to show that there was actual malice. Mm -hmm. Um, And what is that, Joe? What is that standard? Yeah, so it was actually, it was about Karen McDougal who Mm -hmm. actually contested the uh, public figure. So it was kind of one of those borderline cases. I think she was a a playboy playmate, which like, you know, you could argue that that's not much of a public figure. So she did argue that, although the judge did hold it as as she was a, a public figure. And so with usual defamation cases, it's you knew or should have known that what you were saying was false. Like if you have good evidence Mm -hmm. that for your facts, you know, then, then you can support it and you could say, I believed it. And I believed it for these reasons. Um, Whereas if you're, it's actual malice, it's, I knew that this wasn't true, but I went ahead and said it anyway, because I wanted more TikTok views is essentially what the actual malice is. And I didn't care about the truth. What I was looking for was, was money or fame or whatever it is yeah. that I'm getting out of saying these things. But for a private person like Ashley's professor, it doesn't really matter if she knew it was false or not. It's a lower standard. Yeah. One and yeah, defamation cases get dicey really fast, which brings me to tip number three. Talk to a lawyer, <laughs> please. <laughs> this is Don't just listen to our podcast. Yeah, this is kind of an obvious one. But if you are facing a defamation lawsuit or some other type of legal issue, it's almost always going to help to talk to an attorney. They can tell you if that cease and desist letter you got is legit and can help prevent the situation from getting worse. For example, getting back to Ashley Gillard, if she had an attorney, that attorney probably would have told her that continuing to post TikToks accusing this professor after someone else was arrested for the crime and after, you know, this person came out with a pretty solid alibi that she was in a different state when the murders happened. Not going to do you any favors with the judge. Her attorney would have told her not to do that. (laughs) Right. She definitely faces an uphill battle. I... Because I because we're talking about using cautious language, I'm not going to tell you exactly what I think is going to happen because I want to keep my job. <laughs> well, importantly, she's the psychic. What does she think is going to happen? Yeah, based on her videos, <laughs> she thinks that this uh, that this defamation case is going to cause the truth about the murder case to come out, and I don't foresee that being what happens. All right. Thanks for listening to Sidebar from Fine Laws Don't Judge Me. We'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover, send us an email at finelawpodcasts at thomsonreuters.com.